You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. It's your boy, Steve. Once again, for episode 144. Oh, man, that is nuts. 144 episodes, and I don't know what to think. That is crazy. But today, I have someone on who is actually really awesome, really cool. He used to wrestle at one point, and he does some podcasting things now and some other things. We'll figure that out today. Um, Today, I am with... uh, that nerdy Kev, a.k.a. Kevin Smith Jr. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, it's um, it, it's it's funny because I, I think, like, you booked me for this based off of my performance on um, L- Let's Chat Live, uh, like, a week ago or whatever it was. Yeah. And... I was thinking about that today, and as we've, you know, we've been chatting and and sitting sitting here sipping my water with my sleepy eyes, and I'm like, you know what? I think I I think he doesn't know I'm a fraud. Like I'm not, I'm I'm not that uh I'm not that funny. I'm not that great. Like that was like a rare instance that like I'm really thinking back to that performance uh that that uh of, of an interview, and like all the stars aligned for that to be like. Oh, we're streaming live. Like you put the words live in front of me, and I want to be like on fire. Um, and, and and like being the video component, I think was like a huge part of that. Like I could see the reactions that I was getting. Um, uh, so I, I want to apologize to you in advance when uh, I don't live up to those expectations uh, on this show, dude. Let me tell you, this may be audio only. But by the end of this thing, I'm pretty sure we're going to live with the expectations more than we ever could have. <laughs> I mean, I will. I, I, I can live up to the expectations of, of talking for uh, more than, than 50, more than 70% of the show. I am, uh, I'm always a talker, uh, audio, video, whatever the, the medium is. Uh, that, that, is uh, that is where that Kevin Smith branding comes in. I... Uh, I am not the silent Bob of, of my group at all. I am the Kevin Smith of my group with, with the amount of talking I do. So, so I guess one question I want to ask since fellow podcaster that likes expanding their podcast tastes. Um, so what do you think, like, what do you think of the idea of like, you know, if you have the money and you have the resources and blah, 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 and there was a pandemic, um, like, how do you feel, like, going like, oh, instead of just calling you on my computer and, like, doing the interview via through the internet, how about I just come to you and we just do it in person? And, like, you just, and you, like, go to, like, Philadelphia, you can go, like, outside Philadelphia to, like, Pittsburgh to, like, Maine and England, England and, and like, maybe China, Germany, Italy, like, all the different Canada, Mexico, like how you how would you feel about that? Man, this is gonna be a great response because I don't know what happened, but my 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 screensaver popped on and all the audio dropped. So all I heard you talking about how would you feel about and traveling a butt to a bunch of places. So I'm gonna say something about going on a podcasting tour, uh, is what you asked me about. And that would actually like <laughs> For real talk, like that was that was like the dream. I mean, I it's something that uh, hasn't come up here yet. But um, if anyone's like a crossover listener from the 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 Let's Chat show uh, or anything that I do in general, I, I wear it on my fl- uh, on my sleeve that I, I've been in podcasting since two thousand and seven. So I, I've seen like all the trends. I've been part of all the trends. I like to think that I've kicked some of the trends off. Um, not necessarily, you know, on a national or international level, but like, 
the idea of like a touring live show has been uh like oh man that would be so fun to do if i had the money like that would be um if i could support my family um and and have proper health care uh doing podcasting um i i would probably like i would do that because it is like for me um as as we kind of talked about uh before we hit record like you know uh, it is like the creative outlet that that i miss from wrestling um that was like as a kid like that's how i i i dealt with my emotions and and it was being creative and, and and wrestling is just that storytelling it's improv um and podcasting for me kind of like it, it gets that creative itch of storytelling um depending on the project and definitely be improv um uh you know that that it, it hits all the right itches mm-hmm. because because like dude if i like if i could freaking like just like you don't know how many times I could. I just wanted to be like, do you know what? I'm just gonna come to you, and we could just do it in person, and then it would, the audio would just have no problem. Because like, like it'd be so awesome. I could go from like my little room here in Chicago, and like you know, come to Philadelphia and come to you, and freaking be in your little house there in outer Phil- Philadelphia, and we can freaking just. Uh, do this in person and then like and then like people like that and then people and then i get then i get called to go to europe to go do this and then i freaking go to england where i always wanted to go and do a podcast there in front of like a anime convention that they do there or a comic con they do there and i do a panel there or do a podcast with someone there and then i can like go to like italy and and germany and see all these other places you know i mean like I mean, I never had as ambitions to do world travel ever, but if, if my podcast gave me opportunities to interview people, even driving in, in our own country, like that would be amazing. Well, and and I especially since you're in that like I believe you called it Chicago land area. Yeah. Um, you know the. I firmly believe like when you're in, if you're in hubs like that, where you can easily get to, I mean, obviously not during a pandemic, but uh, when you can easily get to like conventions and stuff, like there's, <clears throat> there's no reason that I uh, who should be able to book uh, panels and, and, and uh, convention shows, but I was able to book a handful of them in, in 2018 and 2019 um just simply by applying like that's everything that i've done in like um i don't know phase phase two or three of i'll probably phase two we'll call it phase two of podcasting for me which is like the 2016 to 2019 2020 era of my podcasting um that was like me trying to find new ways to to have fun with podcasting and 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 new ways to um figure out how to be creative with it and you know it it started like the main thing was like oh let me do podcasting for fun again like i spent the first like near i don't know i think it was so 2016 i spent the first nine years of podcasting like thinking oh i want to find a way to make money off of this um and as i'm sure you know and anyone that's really probably listening to this uh spoilers you don't make money from podcasting uh unless your name is kevin smith mark Marin. Uh, or any of the countless Joe celebrities Rogan. that are doing it. Joe um, Rogan. Yeah. Jo- oh, yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan's like the, but he's got to be the richest person off of podcasting. Um, uh, but. And Howard Stern. Well, does he do podcasting? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a podcast, but he still does his radio gig that he's been doing for decades. So, I mean, you can right. technically call it a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, he is like the, and definitely like when in in that phase one of my podcasting from 07 to like, you know, I think phase one technically ended around uh, 2012-ish, maybe 2013-ish, uh, and I took a few years off when I when I became a father for the first time, um, but uh, that phase one was like, okay, I like again in 2007 there wasn't really like a lot of podcasting so there wasn't really like a blueprint for like how like what do you do how do you do it 
And so like the blueprint for me was, oh, like local talk radio. And in Philadelphia, I don't know if it was like this in Chicago, but like as Howard Stern was leaving um, the radio to go to satellite, they our local rock station that he was on became an all talk station called Free FM um, and had you know, Kid Chris, Matt and Huggy. Um, Opie and Anthony for a while were mornings, David Lee Roth uh, mornings. It was just, it was talk 24 seven, maybe at night, maybe overnight they played music again, but from like 6 AM to, to like 10 PM, it was all talk. And that I loved it. I was probably the only person in Philadelphia that loved losing the rock because never been a music guy, always been a, a talk. I mean, again, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. So I've always been a fan of dialogue, always been a fan of his commentary tracks. Uh, and his evenings with, and I've always been a fan of just people talking. Mm -hmm. So like for me, that phase one, like <clears throat> of podcasting, the, the inspiration and, and the, the blueprint was kind of like that shock jock talk radio format um, that we, that we did for years. And then, you know, as one, as one does, you, you kind of grow up and you kind of eventually, you know, like for me, I, it took, it took having a kid. It took, um, it took, uh, taking time off from podcasting to like realize what I wanted to do with it. And that was like, Oh, I'm not going to make money. You know, it's, not, that's not the goal anymore. The goal is to just have fun and, and, and be creative. And that, and the first part of that was like finding out how to do that, which was creating a show called everything is awesome, where I sit down and just talk to new people every week. And then, uh, and this is where my bit of advice comes in mm -hmm. is that like, I eventually started taking chances on myself, uh, to say, you know what the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no and i applied to the philadelphia podcast festival and i got into that and then like the the year later i think so that was 2016 when i like the first year i started everything is awesome and then like i think in 20 maybe in 2018 i forget if i did it in 2017 or not but definitely 2018 and 2019 i started like wizard world which i know i think uh, goes through the chicago area um yeah, wizard world and local cons like the philadelphia comic con um, they all instantly said yes to me, like putting on convent, uh, putting on panels at, at these conventions. Mm -hmm. So like the next time wizard world comes through Chicago and they're accepting panel uh, submissions, if you have an idea for like you and, and I didn't have anyone of name, I had no big names on my panel. Like I, I, they were all just, you know, friends or like people that I kind of knew or, or, or friends of friends. Um, and, and we did, I mean, I, I would do three or four panels a show, uh, a weekend. And I, I don't think was a world, not nothing against them, but I don't think they say no to anybody. Like, I think they let everyone on. So if you have a solid idea to sit around and talk about Sna uh, Zack Snyder's justice league for an hour, do it. Because I, I thought, I thought you were about to tell me, I thought you were, I thought you were about to say like, oh, like, you know, It'd be cool if you came to Philadelphia and you and I was like, and you were a guest in my panel. That would be really cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, it's I, like, okay. I mean, hey, you know, I, I haven't even thought about panels uh, in, in a year and a half at this point. Um, 2019, <clears throat> let me think. 2019, summer, Summer was probably the last panel I did. So, so, and, and 2020, there was no room for panels. And quite honestly, despite uh, the chances of us all being vaccinated by the time panel, uh, by the time conventions are a thing, at least in Philadelphia again, uh, I don't know if I'm going in 2021. I don't know that I will be comfortable going into a large convention, a bunch of sweaty nerds who are always coughing anyway. Uh, and I, and I say that out of respect and love because I'm one of those sweaty nerds. Um, but we, we all are just dirty, sick people at those convention centers, uh, and those conventions. And I don't know that I'm ready for that in 2021. I don't think, I don't think they're even kind of, I mean, because get this, I know I, you never, you didn't hear about this because you don't live in the area, but like they're. They're they're promoting ICP, the Insane Clown Posse, to be playing at Anime Midwest this year, and we don't even know the convention's even going to happen this year. Right, right. That's the same thing is happening with some things in Philly here. Like, um, you know, they they I, I think right now, like <clears throat> none of the none of the, like the Wizard World or or uh, Keystone Comic Cons, like none of those which happen 
usually in like between May and August are like those comic, like actual comic cons in, in Philly. None of them have really said anything yet, but um, PAX Unplugged, which is part of the, the PAX family of uh, conventions, but devoted to tabletop uh, games, mm-hmm. board games, role playing games, and the such, they're committed to, and because it's like, november is when they when they come to town they're as of now i think committed to their 2021 dates and and they also waited till like three weeks before maybe a month before 2020 to officially cancel um so that and that's and 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 quite honestly like that has become my favorite convention that comes through philadelphia uh and even then um a i'm just i don't have anything to say convention wise like panel wise at, at that uh at that convention quite yet i'm entering that space now where i may have something to say one day but like even just from like a from a fan slash press perspective like i don't know that i'm ready for that many people in one area uh in 20 and we're talking that's what eight months from now that sounds just like thinking about the last year that sounds so insane that in eight months we're talking about having thousands hundreds of thousands of people in the same room and and, that, and that's what they're expecting for icp and maybe west which is usually in july <laughs> yeah like see that like a small a small like you know 100 people 100 person event family event something like that that okay i think i can get behind that for july that makes sense to me especially if like you know by may 1st every every adult uh you know american is going to be eligible for the vaccine instead of having all these planned phases like i could see i could see july being a time where oh yeah we can get a couple hundred people uh somewhere or we can get at least 100 to 200 people somewhere and not have to worry about mass and stuff but like you're talking big concerts where you have that many people or big festivals where you have that many people uh that and this is just me me uh speaking like i don't know that i'm ready even if i know it's safe i don't know that i can mentally handle that kind of like uh responsibility yeah but like do you you think that we'll ever get back the regular convention scene back like do you think we're gonna get like how it was before the pandemic ever even hit do you think we'll ever get back to that i i I think we do i think it's gonna take um a while for it to be like at at full-blown 100 percent I think it might even if it does come sooner than later, I think it will come with like some caveats. Like personally, like if, and this is a big, if, if I go to PAX Unplugged this year, it's going to be wearing a mask. Even if I'm, even if I'm vaccinated, even if other people are vaccinated, like I think something like that in 2021, where there's going to be a lot of people that I don't know. And I, and and coming in from all these different areas. Cause again, Pat, like, you know, comic the comic cons in Philadelphia are usually local people. Mm-hmm. It's usually all the greater Philadelphia area coming to see the the big stars of of nerdum and genre at Wizard World or at Keystone. But Pax Unplugged is a different story. Pax Unplugged, there's no other. Um, well, there is. There are other conventions, but like in the Pax family conventions, it's all video game based except for Pax Unplugged. So like that, you get people coming from Canada. You get people. The gaming community is video games and 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 tabletop games, um, but tabletop specifically in this instance, like it's a huge community, and they like they come from all over the country. They come from other countries, you know, Canada, England, Germany. I th- there were so many international uh, people and representation at PAX Unplugged. As well as so many, like na- you know, just national representation at that convention. It's, I don't know that if I go, if and that's a big if. If I go, it's it's wearing a mask, and and that's going to be true to any like. I think if I go to a sporting event, I I might wear a mask over the like. If I go to a baseball game this summer, it might be wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the mask, while it won't be, I think a new normal on a on a wide scale in america here i think that it's you're gonna see masks on people i think for at least the next five years in some capacity yeah because i because i'm waiting for the day when i can just walk out of my house even go to my job go to walmart the convention scene anything 
and out wearing a mask because I'm fully vaccinated. I already got my vaccinations. And like, but like, uh, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the day I can just like go somewhere without wearing a mask. And like, I'm, and if it's not this year, even like if we, if we had to suffer for last year and we're going to have to suffer again this year, do you think next year will definitely, there will definitely be some normality because by that point the vaccination would be rolled out full enough by right. that time? Right. I, I would imagine by this time next year in 2022, we'll be, we'll, everyone will be getting their, their re-up facts. Like I assume the, I assume COVID vaccine is going to be like the flu shot. Like you're going to have your flu shot. You're going to have your COVID shot. Um, and I definitely think that by 20, like I, I think that sometime in 2021, you're going to see, I don't know if you'll see it on a national scale with your, with the president or on a more local scale with your governors and, and stuff. I, I think by sometime in 2021, they're going to say that masking is optional, recommended, but optional. <coughs> oh boy. Uh, and, and, and probably in 2022, you know, I, I don't think, I think that I think that by I think by the end of this year you could go to Walmart without a mask or you know store of choice without a mask. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I don't think I don't know that I will. Yeah, because here in Chicago, I mean, like all the states have their they have their rules and laws and whatever. I can't say what it is for your state, but for my state at least, they're saying the gov our governor is saying that um. We have phases. We have phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, phase five. Phase one is is basically where we were when the pandemic began. Phase two is like a little better than that. Phase phase three is pretty much. I, I don't remember all the rules, but if but but the governor says that phase five is the phase when we cannot where it phase five is like it's like the godsend phase because then that means we don't have to wear a mask anymore. We can do conventions. We can right. Like, Pretty much, we you can go back to our daily lives before a pandemic hit. That's what phase five is, and we're we're only like on phase four, I think. So. Yeah, and and I, realistically, I think that I, I think that phase you know for you guys, phase five. I don't know what PA is doing. It, it might be at one point it was colors like green, yellow, red. I don't. I really don't know. I don't. I, I kind of stopped paying attention because I just I I just came to terms with like, oh, this is our this is our life now. Um, in or but, uh, orange yeah. for you guys because you know the flyers. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it was probably like it, it had to be there had to be some orange in there, um, but to be fair, I, I don't know that Governor Wolf is a Flyers fan. That's not you know uh, that's a very Philadelphia thing. The the orange being it orange and green and red for our, our major sports teams. I don't I guess blue for the 76ers, blue and red. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big basketball fan, but um, yeah, no, I I um. But honestly, like I, I don't mind wearing the mask at all. I love it, kind of. Like I, I don't. It's never really bothered me. Like unless I'm actually doing physical work, uh, then I don't really get overheated with the mask on. I don't have to smile at people when I'm walking by them, uh, in the hallways at work or in stores when I see someone that I recognize. I can like now I can just give a head nod or be like, hey, what's up? I don't have to be like, oh, let me be smiling and friendly all the time. Uh, I can I can kind of be my uh, despite the persona that that's out there of, of me being like very positive and stuff, which I am, I, I tend to look at the positive things. Mm -hmm. I just, when it comes to social interactions, despite all this talking I'm doing on these, on, on, on shows, uh, I, I very much am like a, uh, introvert and I don't want, I don't want to interact with people. Uh, so like I will stick with the mask for quite a while until it becomes awkward, painfully awkward for people to be, like, why is that guy still wearing a mask? Like, that's going to be who I am. I want to be the guy that's still wearing a mask a year too long. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, you say that, but you wouldn't be saying that if you wore glasses. <laughs> now, so I do. I do. I mean, I have, I, I wear contacts a lot, but I, I do wear glasses. Uh, I wear my sunglasses. Uh, it is very difficult. Uh, I've, I got my tricks, though. I, I, I Now, I, I currently double mask. I, I have I have gone to the uh, CDC recommended route of double masking, mm -hmm. and not all the time. Like if I'm if I'm in a drive-through, um, I you know, and, and you don't even have to do this because most drive-throughs have 
their their plexiglass up. But if I'm in a drive-thru, I, I throw on one mask real quick as I'm paying and collecting my food because, I, you know, I, I don't want to... I, I just... It's, for me, it's like a respect thing. Like, I'm like... I, you're you're out here you know quote unquote risk risking your life they are risking their lives you know they're essential workers doing their job at a fast food joint making a shitty amount of money Mm -hmm. and uh the least i can do is like hey let me let me throw a mask on out of like like i'm i'm i see you i'm with you we're in this together i'll throw my mask on uh pull away take my mask off yeah i'll single mask for that but like in the and at my desk, if someone comes up to to chat with me, I throw a single mask on. But if I'm walking around and 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 um, I'm at the store or whatever, I've I've gone the double mask route. Uh, and again, honestly, I love it. It's more it's it's hard to wear glasses with a double mask. I haven't found a solution. Um, uh, but single masking, you can just you can just slip that slip the uh, glasses on top of the mask, and you avoid the fogging. At least I do. I, I haven't had fogged glasses in quite some time. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, it's not as bad now because in the winter it was worse because, you know, it was because when, when you had the mask on and the air from the mask got onto your glasses, it was like, it was like, you know, your wind, like the window on your house fogging up because of the, because of the, because, you know, that theory. But like, but like, it doesn't really happen much to me now because it got warmer outside. So it doesn't really affect me much, but it's the winter that really kills it. Right, yeah, and, and honestly, like I, I maybe because I don't, I think I've only been wearing my contacts for like a month or two, which I guess is like a majority of the winter. But I, I feel like I, I was able to solve the the fogging issue when I was wearing my glasses every day pretty quickly. I'm, again, I, I'm probably one of the few people that will say I, I'm happy wearing a mask. Like, I, it does not, and I realize I'm the freak, I'm the weirdo that says that. Uh, but it does not bother me at all. Like I'm, I'm perfectly content with saying that i'm gonna wear a mask out in public in, in public space if i have a private event that has a you know that has like 20 50 people whatever um i won't wear a mask uh assuming that we're all vaccinated but um i i, I will if i'm going to to a convention like if i if i go to again i don't think wizard world i really don't think wizard world's gonna happen in philadelphia this year because it, it, it butts up like it's in like usually june-ish may or june-ish um, but if like Keystone happens or if PAX Unplug happens, I, I, I want to go. I really, really want to go and, and just experience that, that feeling again of going to a convention. Um, I, I just, I'm like, I'm maybe 10% of me will go. I have a 10% chance of going, but if I do go, I will be masking up because I, uh, I don't want to smile at people. If I'm being honest, I just don't want to smile. And, and again, I think in, in 2021, I, I think for me personally, and, and, and I don't, I can't, I don't know that like, my kids, my, my fiance, they may by, by the end of the summer, they may go maskless unless they're required to, even in the fall for school or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I plan on, uh, I plan on wearing a mask for probably the rest of 2021, uh, in a public space. Cause again, for me, yeah, it doesn't, especially I've switched to, I had these like fancy, cool, nerdy cloth masks that I was like, "Oh, cloth is great. It's thick. Uh, it's it's gonna protect me more. It's I can show my nerd." But I switched to disposable masks, and like they clip around your nose real nice. They they they're light and breathy. Like it's it's a whole new world in a, in a disposable mask. Yeah, I mean, I mean like. I mean, like, they sell masks now. They have, like, a little thing you can pull over, you can put your glasses over, and it doesn't fog them up. I don't have one of those, personally. I, even though I should, because I have glasses, but, I mean... I mean, I mean, and if you're already, like, pot committed to, like, as soon as they say, I don't have to wear them, I'm getting rid of it. Yeah, I don't know that you want to, you know, necessarily start investing in the masks that are going to change your life. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, like, it, when they say you don't have a, you don't have to wear a mask anymore... I'm going to do that, but like probably my family's going to make me want to keep wearing them because they're going to be concerned about if I, I still might get it and blah, blah, blah. They're, they're probably going to still make me wear a mask until the whole thing's completely over. But dude, I do not want to wear the mask anymore. <laughs> like, it, and that's a, it's, it's a real concern for some people and I get it. And, and as long as like your concern is just like, you know, I just, it's, I'm over it. I, I, I have an issue of concern when it's like, oh, it's my freedom. It's my freedom. Like, guy, dude, like, 
we're we're not asking you to do anything to like for your free we're asking for just a little bit of respect while we're all going through this shitty shitty time uh i don't don't want to get political that's it's this is we're dancing on that line of being political uh so i i don't want to do that to your audience to to i don't want to agitate anybody no no Uh, it's fine it's fine i mean like I mean, for the people who are listening to this arrogant and get political over this mask stuff, I mean, like, they just, I don't know, they, I, I don't want to say they can buzz off because I'm not that sort of person, but it's just like, just like, we're having a conversation. It's not like we're talking, it's not like we're talking about, like, like, ha- like, like, lava versus water and how they should mix. Like, <laughs> like, we're talking about freaking masks. It's it, it is it is the way I I look at just like this time in history like for me and and when it comes to the masks, a I I believe in it I believe in that science because like in in the, for for Pennsylvania, um, I believe we're about six days away from officially one year of quarantine, um, or or some form of quarantine. Um, next year going to be next next week. It's going to be the year. It's going to be the year of the quarantine because I saw this on Facebook and it's funny. It's that like this week last year was our last week in normalcy and we didn't even know it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It is. It's insane that like we are in like like this time last year. It was like okay, are we going to go play paintball this weekend? Like, is that going to happen or like should we not? Like, should we just play it safe and like. Well, we oh, didn't even like, know that. We didn't even know if we if we were gonna we we didn't have that on our minds. Like, oh, are we gonna play it safe? Like, that wasn't even a thing on our mind. I think like all the concerns didn't happen until technically next week, last year. Well, and I guess you're right. Now, looking at the date, I guess technically, like for uh, for PA, it was probably like around the 13th. Like, we are at almost the year mark when when the NHL and the NBA shut down. Like, or maybe we've already passed that mark. But we're like, when they said, oh, we're going to close it down for a few weeks. And like, we're, we're approaching in a few days here in, in Pennsylvania when like certain schools started shutting down in Pennsylvania and like, oh, we'll be back in two weeks. And that two weeks has never, it never ended. <laughs> and, and it is crazy. It is really crazy to think about like, oh, this has been the longest and shortest year ever. Like I, it, it, it feels like a long year, but I also like look at the time, like, I can't believe a year ago almost it's been like that's when we had to start like living through this weird un uh unprecedented time of our lives and you know for, for me it's like okay I, I i believe the science i'm gonna wear the mask and like it's also like hey this is like you know as a dad like hey to my kids like this is this is something that you'll never live through again. This is something your kids will never live through. Something that your grandkids will probably never live. Through. Like nothing like this is ever going to happen again in our lifetimes or any lifetimes that you can think of. Like it, it's, it's so like take the time to like kind of appreciate, like for the most part, I find in real life, not on the internet, not on Twitter. For the most part, I find that people are very respectful of of everyone else and and 100% about let's wear our masks let's let's be kind to each other let's let's be let's be safe for one another let's let's you know let's be there for each other mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's just the community i happen to live in um but but I, i'm very proud of the fact that that i'm that lucky i guess i know everyone's not that lucky um you know it, it, it's part of the privilege i live with i guess no i mean but no i mean like it's no i don't mean to cut you off I mean, like it's gonna it's gonna be so weird when your kids grow up or when they get older when they come up to you and they say, "Why did I have to see Grandma behind a window my whole childhood?" Right. I mean, I, and I, they're old enough to like, like I, my my kids are my my my. I have a we have a third one that's due in a few months here, but um. We have our, my oldest is nine and my, and my youngest, well, my middle now is, is, is six. So I'm going to be seven in a few months. Mm-hmm. So like they're old enough to like, like they kind of get what's going on. They kind of understand what's going on. And um, so, and, and so it's cool because it's like, I can tell them like, Hey, this is like a learning experience for you. And this is something for you to like really pay attention to, because this is something that 
probably by the time you're you're you know in high school like you'll probably this will be something that's in history books and whether it's something that you guys actually learn about in history um because like for for me and and likely you to a degree like we are, the closest thing to to something like this happening in my lifetime before this was 9 11. i was uh a, a, i was a senior in high school uh when 9 11 happened um and like now kids today including mine are learning about that in history books so i guess they're kind of like maybe they maybe they won't really learn about it in any kind of future history class because they did live through it but like their little brother who is not born yet like will learn about the fucked up year of 2020 the year that was lost they'll learn about that at some point in their in their school career in 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 the you know next five to 18 years yeah like and i think that's that's crazy yeah but like when you when you open up a history book in history class there, 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 there's not going to be things talked about about this year separated in a history book. It's just going to, the section is just going to be called 2020. Right. It's, it's going to be a page 2020. What happened? And, and they're going to, and, uh, and then it's going to move on to 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And like, no, like 2020 and like most of 2021 are not less, or if, or if 2021 ends up being the same exact way as 2020s, the section is literally going to be called 2020 slash 2021. Right. It, it is. But but it's and it's neat because there's there's gonna there's a generation of kids that are being born right now that for them like for them they're gonna experience this as far as like secondhand knowledge a completely different way than like a generation and a half of kids have learned about nine eleven um, you know uh, I mean I guess if I was if we have a ten year difference you were you were a little kid you were eight, you were you were under ten years old when when nine eleven happened so like. 9-11 I'm sure hits different for you than it hits for me because you know I was I was practically a, a legal adult I was I was a year away I was nine months away from being a legal adult when 9-11 happened when, um and when, when 9-11 happened for me uh I didn't understand what was going on because I was so small I didn't understand what was going on you know right Right. And, and, and uh, I, I can't, cause I was a senior and I, I of course didn't pay attention to, you know, elementary or grade school, I should say grade school, you know, uh, yeah, curriculum. Hmm, I can speak, um, you know, yeah. beyond when I left. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know if that was, I, I have to assume something of that scale that like you guys learned, like you guys acknowledged at very least, uh, every year for, for the rest of your school, uh, schooling but like now it's actual history now it's something that like the kids learn about and and still pay their respects to and and it's it's just it is um 9 11 was was like my was my moment to like pay attention and and like realize that this is a history defining moment uh in my lifetime that that you usually don't get more than one of those if one at all and now, you know, you and I both, just at different eras of our life, have experienced two, you know, defining history-changing moments. Um, you know, 9-11 was like a very, it wasn't necessarily a global scale thing. I mean, the whole world was on notice about it, but it was, it was a very American thing that happened. It affected us uh, and, more than anyone else. Right. Uh, and and now, you know, this this this. Uh, COVID-19 is is a global scale event that you know um, unfortunately I don't think really united anyone the way 9-11 like 9-11 really did unite America like I don't I don't think America was any sh stronger before or after um, than like those that 12 months um, after that year after 9-11 like it was a really strong time where where like Oh, we're Americans, and we need to like let's let's like be there for each other. Um, we didn't really. I don't think uh, you know we experienced that. If anything, I think COVID nineteen had some division uh, on not just a national scale, but on a on a global scale. I think it caused a lot of division versus uniting. Yeah, because um, which I'm called. I mean, like I. Like, like, 2001 was a disaster year in more ways than one. I mean, like, yeah, 9-11 was, like, the worst thing that happened that year, and it sucked. 
because of that. But um, but that was a, that was also the same exact year World Championship Wrestling WCW and ECW shut their doors and, <laughs> and they got bought by Vince McMahon. So like, ton, like those are like the three worst things that happened that year. Nine Eleven being the worst, obviously, but like that was the second worst thing that happened that year. <laughs> that's that's so like and that's where like uh, you know I, I, before we recorded the, the the trivia comes in where i won't wait like i i definitely lived through that i was definitely a fan at that time i was watching it then and i i i witnessed all that and it doesn't even like that doesn't register as oh that happened in 2001 like my I mean, you know part of part of my memory issue is is from from wrestling like you know i i i took I mean, I, I was trained, so I took proper bumps, but I also took proper chair shots. I also, you know, I, I jostled my head around. So I, I, I think wrestling uh, has a little to do with that, uh, with having a bad memory. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, that, that wouldn't even register me as a thing that happened in 2001. But I think that's also a sign of like the the generational gap between between us as in, you know, for for you as as a young boy through 9/11 that necessarily as an example like my the thing that happened this this was kind of a huge event not on the same scale but the that the 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 OJ Simpson thing the the, the his his trial that was i was probably 8 or 9 years old some, something like that i was a young boy when that happened and uh i probably uh more things were registering on my map uh at that time than the otra trial like yes i have the memory of the bronco driving on the tv but like i'm sure i was more concerned about pokemon uh and had you know uh, had more memories and, and knowledge about that than i do the oj uh simpson case whereas you know it, you know as as a an adult you know everything stopped mattering that day you know that 9-11 for 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 a 17 year old uh kid mm-hmm. so like so it's I, I think it's it's neat i love i i you know uh i don't i don't get to say this often because i don't do interview shows anymore but i love talking to you know older people and i love talking to uh younger people because there's such a like a generational gap between between you know the people from that are in their 40s you know that are 10 years older than me and then 10 years younger than me there's such we're all so like, I'm so close in age to people that are 46 years old. And I'm so close to people that are 26, 27 years old in age. It's not a huge gap difference, but the lived experiences are so fascinating uh, to 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 think about. I mean, like, because again, good. No, no, so, no don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, how old are you? I, I'm 36. I'll be uh, 37 in uh, July. Yeah. So I mean, you're not too you're not too much older than me so i mean like you know you know how like you like you know how like we like i said like you said we've been through roughly the same things you're just way older than i was but right and and, it, and it's it's so fascinating to think like oh that totally makes sense that like i think probably a lot of wrestling fans obviously not just everyday fans but i think a lot of kids that were that are about nine ten nine to ten years younger than me they they have their experience of 2001 is is almost exactly what you just said it was like oh yeah obviously 9-11 was huge like that was that was devastating that's the biggest bad thing that happened in 2001 but like remember and for you it's the wrestling because you know obviously wrestling seems to be like i would i would have to guess based off your twitter feed probably one of your biggest like hobbies or passions or whatever outside of of uh you know podcasting and stuff yeah i mean but i mean yeah i mean wrestling is one of my biggest passions i love like i love it it's one of my favorite things but like i also love like guitar guitar hero and hockey and um right so like and if you loved hockey when you were eight years old i i guarantee you there's probably a hockey storyline from 2001 that sticks out to you as well i'm I'm trying to pull up and this is gonna be a recent hockey fan i haven't i haven't been watching since i was a kid i i just recently got into it like this year (laughs) okay okay so then maybe not so I'm just, I Googled, um, and I guess really this is not a great thing to Google, 2001 events. That's, and not, that's not. And while you're doing that, I don't want to go off on our tangent, but I just want to say that did you, did you at least hear about NHL TV going under and get in there just ESPN is taking over like ABC, ESPN, ESPN plus and, and, uh, 
something else I forget are just taking over the broadcasting of the NHL all next fall. I saw uh, something on, I think, trending on Twitter about that. I'm not, uh, I enjoy hockey from a very, I mean, a very sideline position. I wasn't a big fan of it until about uh, probably about seven, no, not seven years ago, probably about 10 to 12 years ago, I started watching it. Um, and even then, like when I, I can't tell you the last time I watched a game. Like, it, hockey has the same problem as baseball for me. Where, oh, there's like 90 games, 100 guys. Oh, there's a lot of games going on right now. Oh, I'll just catch the next one, or I'll catch it later in the season. And then suddenly it's the playoff times, and the Flyers are usually, you know, either uh, early elimination or not in the playoffs. Um, so like, I don't watch hockey that often. It's another thing that I'll like. Oh man, the Flyers played last night. Let me see how they did. Um, but like I can't, I can't tell you one active player on that team. Um, uh, I know that at one point, Danny Bordier, Brodier, whatever how you pronounce his, his last name, he was a player on the team. Um, that's that's about my, all my ha- hockey knowledge for the Flyers. That they're one of my favorite teams, Pittsburgh as well. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's it, what's funny as a you know I I've was born in the greater Philadelphia area. I, I lived in the Philadelphia, great, uh, the greater Philadelphia area my entire life. I, I'm lead Eagles green. Uh, I am save for the, um, the pirates. I, I am a fan of the, of, of the teams across the state. Uh, this, both the Steelers and the penguins um, and the penguins. I, I probably shouldn't because they are more, uh, they are more like the pirates where they play in the same uh, division as, as, uh, as, as, uh, the Flyers, the Philadelphia team, um, because. Uh, uh, but I, the, I got into hockey with um, a Pittsburgh uh, fan, and like so, I watched I, that the year that I got into hockey. I probably watched more Pittsburgh games than I did Flyer games. So I, I'm actually like I do, I do like the Penguins. Uh, I I would never really sport their gear um, because I just don't. Like I don't, I don't watch hockey enough. So I do have some Flyers gear because you know I live in Philly and I do appreciate the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to f- football, is my sport. Football is the sport that I watch as much as I can. Oh, at least Philadelphia, at least the Eagles. And uh, but again, like people are like, oh, you can't like the Steelers. They're that's they're your competition in Pennsylvania. But I'm like, hey, if the Eagles aren't gonna win, and trust me, I lived through thirty uh, some years of of no championships with the Eagles. Uh, so like often it was like, oh, if the Eagles aren't going to win, I'd rather like Steelers are like my second choice because I want Pennsylvania to represent a championship. Uh, and NFC, IFC, they're two different conferences, not like not even different. They're not even in the same. So like I a hundred percent support the only Pittsburgh team I don't like. And and I don't even know if they have, I don't think they have a basketball team. Again, I don't watch basketball. Mm -hmm. The only team, but the only the only team I don't like uh, in Pittsburgh is the Pirates, and that's because they are in the same exact division as the Phillies, and I have watched baseball long enough uh, to respect that kind of, like, I love these, like, unspoken rules of sports or, uh, and being a fan of sports, like, where, like, oh, you can't, I'm an Eagles fan. I can't, I can't like the the Giants or the, uh, the Cowboys or uh, the Washington football team. You know, I, I can't, I can't respect those teams. I have to, I have to, I have to throw batteries at their, at those teams. Like I have to fight those, th- those teams. Um, so that's like the, that, that's baseball and, and, and football. I, I have like hard lines on the teams I'm allowed to like and the, and the teams I'm, 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 I have to like actively root against, um, uh, hockey, not so much. Hockey is very like, oh, I, you know, like I love um, Olympic hockey. Olympic hockey, I just love. It's like there's an art form to Olympic hockey. Mm-hmm. What, what were we talking about before the sports? Because I didn't mean to go on a tangent with that. But what were, were, what were we talking about? Uh, that's a good question. You know, it's funny because uh, you, you know, I, I come from a show of tangents. Uh, you know, but you know, prior to doing this this single player role playing game. Uh, actual play podcast. I did an interview show a lot like this, and often we went on tangents, and I would forget what we were talking about. So, 
you would think as the guest that would be better uh better in tune with trying to remember that i think we were talking about 9-11 definitely at one point i don't know we can move on to less serious uh things and more yeah. fun things like sports and, and and other things well something i want to ask you and i think i think you were the one that started this but podcon like there's podcast conventions in your state did, did you start that or was that something that you uh tried? well so so let me say i podcon is a thing that i did not start but before podcon was a thing um i had the idea for it and this is so and this goes back to and i'm sure i can't, i know i'm not the the first like there were other people that were thinking of these things as i was thinking of them obviously because they eventually became things but like i going back to like you know the the start of this interview when we were start when we were talking about podcasting you know having been been in the podcasting game since 07 like i there was a time where like oh like i eventually did a show and and when we had to when i had to leave like go on vacation so there was like three weeks we weren't going to be able to record like the other people involved with the show they recorded their own thing and and published it on our feed and then we're like well why don't we keep that thing going as a separate show like we could create and at the time there wasn't you know we they weren't called podcast networks i was like what why can't we do something like like a channel like there's there's ABC, there's NBC, there's Fox with a lineup of shows. Why can't we do like a podcast channel mm -hmm. and like didn't call it a network and whatnot. And like, of course, like, and that was probably like an 08 or 09 that, that, that idea came up probably 08. And the, and then, uh, and then, you know, they eventually became a big thing and same thing with uh, PodCon. Uh, I, I forget what year it was, but video con or vidcon it was called was like the first year of vidcon was huge because it was like all the youtubers all the big youtubers and um back then it was like uh your live streamers were on like i think it was justin tv vlog tv stick cam stuff like that like oh they're all gonna go to this vidcon thing and i and i had talked to my uh like at the time i guess he was like a producer co-hosts like i i co-hosted on his show uh he helped me out with my show uh, and stuff so uh and we uh i was like what like, and we had office space we had office space and studio space uh in this cool little building uh in warminster pa pa that was uh that was where like nasa did like trainings and stuff like neil armstrong was a uh like he trained there and um we i we were like cleaning up the studio or, or we we're packing up for the day or something i was like you know what would be cool and we could do it here like there, there's like a giant like central space that was used or could be used for like some form of a convention i was like we could do podcon here like there's a vidcon why can't we do podcon and lo and behold a few years later podcon was a thing but in philadelphia um we have the philadelphia podcast festival which is much like any other and and to me that's what really more so than the actual podcon that exists the philadelphia podcast festival was like what i envisioned po uh, podcon to be mm -hmm. um to a degree like the, the, the philadelphia podcast festival doesn't do any kind of panels or anything um i, I kind of envisioned like a, some sort of <laughs> a combination of like a music festival or comedy festival with with the convention kind of aspects of like oh here's like someone who's going to just do a ted talk on on remote podcasting here's someone who's going to do a ted talk on or have like a panel of guests who's going to talk about like how do you market your show or how do you um how do you get book guests or whatever and and that's never really taken off in philly here um the, and even to a degree like the, a podcast festival and i'm sure it's the same in chicago and Less so in New York and LA because, and, and, and uh, to be honest, less so in Chicago because they, they, those are the three cities that like pull in bigger names, mainstream names. But when it comes to independent podcasting, Chicago has, has their own right to say they're the king of it. I disagree. I think, I think it's Philadelphia. I mean, I'm, um, from, I'm from Chicago and I mean, and I mean, <sighs> I, I got my podcast here in my state and, and I know there's many other people here in my own state who run a podcast. I'm not the only one, but I mean, I'm pretty good. I feel like I'm pretty good, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> there, Chicago has, if you look at the independent scene of Chicago, um, I, I don't know 
much about it, but I do know and listen to a lot of shows uh, that I would consider are independent uh, productions from that area. And very, very much, I think, has the claim to say uh, they maybe have maybe there's more talented independent uh, podcasters there. But <clears throat> the greater Philadelphia area has a tremendous I mean, our festival would be a total of like four days over two weekends and be across two or three different venues and booked from 12 to 9 p.m. on those on those days and then starting with the fifth anniversary of that festival and i, I none of this credit goes to me um i helped run sound at some of the shows but uh the the festival started booking like um we had we got this uh we booked we got this with mark and hal uh hal lublin is actually a, a greater philadelphia um uh native uh, who moved out to la he was part of like he, he's done stuff for night vale and um i'm really I, I, I like really like show like he's voiced things that people would know of not me because i'm a guard venture brothers that's it um he's done voices on that uh and, and his co-host mark has done a bunch of things but um he, he he's been part of festivals like they've flown him out and his co-host out to do live shows Thaw bones has been part of the philadelphia podcast festival so they really grew the philadelphia podcast festival to be a combination of local talent and also like oh let's bring in some not as not as often as new york and, and la do with their festivals but let's bring in some outside talent just kind of like fill in the space during the week so now we have weekend one uh with like 25 shows and then we have like one or two shows uh, uh, probably like I guess one or two shows a night that's even saying too much it was probably like more like three to four shows throughout the week in between the next weekend where you had another 25 shows performing um, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if another festival does that and save for those those big shows that were held at actual like theater venues like those ones you had to pay for to get in as an, as an audience member but our festival was free to get in the door. You go to any venue on the weekend, get in for free, sit there and watch your favorite shows that you were a fan of, sit there and find new shows. You could sit there for eight hours and listen to like eight shows or something like that. Um, no other festival I know of does that. Uh, all other festival uh, festivals are more of a, a convention type of uh, business where you where where you're paying money. And in turn, you're probably getting bigger talent. But I think what I like about the Philadelphia Podcast Festival is that it showcases the the local talent first and foremost. No, because uh, no, because good. No, no, I want to ask you something. And if you're down for this, that'd be really cool. Um, so, so I mean, I think you're a really cool guy. I mean. And you're a really cool guy, and you know your stuff, and you're pretty knowledgeable and smart with the whole podcast thing here. Um, like, how, like, how would you feel if, like, if, like, um, well, I would love to do a part two with you, by the way, if you want, if you're down for that, because I love talking with you. This is an excellent conversation. I like this. If yeah, I, I don't even know how long we've been going, because, like, this is, I, I'm going to pull the curtain back real quick, if you don't mind. We're recording over Discord, which is like a whole new experience. Because I'm like the, I'm the old man that's like set in my ways, and 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 you're like you mentioned Skype, and I was like, well, that's a little too old school for me. But uh, so like using Discord, there's no timer, so like I have no idea what we're doing right now. But go ahead. We're we're at we're at 58 minutes. Oh man. Okay. Okay. But like, but I'm saying like I would love to do a part two if you if you're down for that. For sure. For sure. The other thing I want to say on top of that too is that like, how would you feel? Like, how would you feel if like me and you were to collab? Because like, I mean, like, 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 not saying to start a whole new podcast, but saying like, like, what is if you like you were involved with Cyber Time Bite somehow? Like, like, like something like like the con like a like how the Conrad podcasts are like like one of us is kind of like the Conrad like. 
or something like something like that. How cool would that be or something? I mean, I don't, I don't know who or what a Conrad is, but I'm definitely, uh, I'm always open to talk about collaboration, uh, uh, depending on what like the grand scheme of that collaboration pans out to look like. Uh, yeah, I'm always up for that conversation. I am a big proponent of because because basically, um, basically, of that. because basically what I'm trying to say is that I'm like if you if we you and me want to work together. I'm de- I would be okay with that because you're really cool and I think you're really nice and you're really knowledgeable and you know your thing and I think that would be like benefiting for the both of us because you, we're both podcasters, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Now, that's something that I think the the uh, the world of podcasting is really good at, um, at least in the circles I run in uh, or have run in in the past is and i guess again this goes back to like saying in the independent level um and as long as you don't go on reddit 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 is uh, uh they're they're mean-spirited people but um no offense to slash podcast or however you shortcut that um but like the the independent podcasters usually have each other's back and i and, and i really love that you you can go if you if you don't go to reddit but if you go to like even pattern family i don't so much uh, toil in the Potter family anymore, but um, even even in there, you can find like some really great resources. Um, but that's always been like my when uh, when I was trying to run a a podcast network, uh, like probably in 2018, 2019. Um, th- that was always the mission was like let offering a stage for people who have unique voices. Um, that may or may not know how to really just get their voice out there, uh, and 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 then also so like being a being a resource for that, or being like a sounding board for questions. That was always kind of the dream. Is like, hey, let's just have people that like want the have the same goals and can help each other. So uh, yeah, I'm always open to uh, move that conversation off air, obviously, and 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 talk about collaboration and and what that looks like to you, what that looks like to you know, me or whoever else may be involved. Yeah, because that, because that, um, that'd be a, I think that'd be really cool. Um, we could talk about off air. Um, but we're, we're an hour and one minute in. <laughs> hey, hey, and here's the benefit of not getting to see my mug on, on a camera during the show is that I, I'm not really enticed to, to be that guy that's like, let's take it to 90, let's go 90, like I was on Let's Chat Live. Uh, and I actually, I gotta say, uh, as a as a, a a guy who's done interview podcasts in the past, uh, being able to like actually look at your timer and say, you know what, we're gonna wrap, we're gonna we're we're gonna end this show in an hour because like that's what normal people do, uh, responsible podcasters do is they 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 make sure that they respect their guest and and their and their guest time and we're gonna end the show in about an hour, maybe an hour and five. We're not going to keep it going 90. We're not going to keep it going 120. I've been that host that, that has kept a guest for two hours. And uh, have I felt bad? Yes. Have we delivered on that content? Absolutely. It was worth it. So, you know, um, I have to applaud you, uh, you know, on, on several factors. That that you're able to kind of rein me in, quote unquote, rein me in, keep me under an hour. I, I am sure we're over it now. But, like, keep me close to that hour. And be like going 144 episodes. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm not saying this because I'm the guest on 144. I think 144 is like the perfect number. Like you're gonna get to 150, and that's a milestone. But it's not as cool as 144. Uh, what makes 144 a cool number? Though I just, I mean, not saying because you're the guest and all, but what makes what makes you think 144 is a really cool number? <laughs> oh, just because I'm on it. That's that's just because I'm on it. It's 100 percent an ego trip uh it's i'm on it no but for real though uh one like i've i'm a big proponent of like you know i may have been doing this for you know uh for 13 and a half 14 years something like that long time i've been I've, a long time i've been doing podcasting that's an impressive number and i know people have done it at least a year longer than me or have been involved for at least a year longer than me and they're always impressive numbers but what's more impressive to me is when you hit those those high milestones like 144 or or realistically in in six more weeks 150 like that milestone is way more important than i think 
the the amount of years that you've done it. And I think, you know, when you hit 200, that's I I've never done a podcast for 200 episodes. So that's like a super like important goal of mine one day is to hit 200 episodes. And I think that's a milestone that like you'll eventually be proud of when you when you hit that. And I've known I've talked to people that like they've gone 300 episodes. I'm like, that's impressive. And I've talked to people that have gone 400. I'm like, damn, how have you gone 400 episodes? I, I've been doing this for I should, I should be at episode 800 by now. And I'm not like, how is this possible? So um, I think that's like uh, and not that you need advice or anything or any kind of like wisdom. But like that's I like to point that out to fellow podcasters that like because I do tout a lot that I've been doing this for over a decade. But that's not to me, that's not important. Like that's just like my stat. That's a stat that I can, you know, kind of just bring up everywhere. It's an interesting stat. But I think the more impressive stat is um, going 144, going 150 like you will in a few weeks. And and hopefully, you know, going, you know, uh, 300, going another 144 to 150. Hey, thanks, man. I mean, let's talk about that thing I want to talk about after I get off here because I really want to talk about that with you. Um, but but for right now, we're at one, we're at one, one, an hour five, and I'll let I do my outro and I'll let you do yours. Um, thank you everyone for listening. One to episode 144 of Cyber Time Bite. You find me in, on Facebook at Cyber Time Bite, follow me on Twitter at Nostalgia Vamp. Follow me on Instagram at Nostalgia Vampire. Buy all my merchandise at redbubble.com under Crash Steven Gear, or even you know the sports is the most powerful of them all. How about you? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that nerdy kev. It's probably the best place to find me and where I uh, talk my nonsense. I've kind of moved my more direct tabletop role-playing game uh takes to at single player rpg uh which is the twitter account for my podcast that i'm currently doing single player the solo role-playing game podcast uh and on that show i sit around and play role-playing games designed or hacked for one player you normally sit with a group of people but uh hey we're in a global pandemic you can play these games by yourself folks so um, tune in right now. Uh, by the time you listen to this, there will probably be um, like four bonus episodes uh, and two or three actual episodes uh, up there. Um, uh, and Anyone Can Wear the Mask is, a, is my first series where uh, there's a superhero in a, a little uh, county called Bison County trying to uh, save the day. Uh, listen to that uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, well, that well, that's really awesome. And hey, everyone, I want I want to thank you all for listening today, and I hope all of you have a fantastic day. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. <laughs>